Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, I take a bunch of your phone calls. Don't expect the Model S to change anytime soon. Model X gets a base price and more. We're off. Welcome to the show this week. It's episode 11, titled The Aftermath of the Model X Reveal for October 11th of 2015. Uh, It's been somewhat of a slow news week, which I kind of expected in the wake of the Model X Reveal that we covered last week. Uh, The big thing really, I mean, lots of doom and gloom this week from stock market analysts about the X being overpriced, about the X being some sort of misstep for Tesla. And I say, you know, just just wait until the car gets out into the world, gets reviewed, and the word of mouth begins to spread. It's it's as if we've learned, well, it's as if they have learned nothing from the Model X, uh, excuse me, the Model S. You know, this, this, uh, this anti-Tesla stuff this week, it's just our old friend FUD, our old fuddy-duddy friend, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, rearing its head for the first time in a while. I mean... You remember, if you think back th- two, three years, the, the, uh, the, anti, the, the anti-Tesla bias was rampant. It was everywhere. And it very much still exists, but it's really been quieted down over the last year or so because the product is just too good. You know, if, if the Tesla Model S had not been so good, the company would have been killed off because there were so many market forces conspiring to take them out, whether it's uh, NADA, the, you know, the dealership association, whether it's the oil companies, whether it's their uh, you know, regular car company competition who have their own business models to protect. But the Model S has been so unequivocally good, proven time and again, that, it's, that there's just been nothing for those naysayers to, to squawk about. So now with the Model X, this is their chance again to, uh, to pop out of their coffins and spring up and go, hey, remember us? we got some crap to say about Tesla. Oh, the X, it's expensive. Ah, it's $133,000. No, it's not. There have been a few people in media that have gotten it. I saw a good uh, column on, I think it might've been Forbes, that sort of explained, no, look, that's just the top end. And some people get it, but you know, so many of these uh, media outlets are these these fudsters are so quick to just jump on any little thing and propagate it. So you know, if you'd listen to them, you'd think the X is overpriced. It's expensive. It's uh, it's it's this. It's that. But again, watch what happens in one year from now. Mark your calendar: 10, 11, 16. Watch what happens in a year. The X will be selling big because the reviews will be out there. The word of mouth will be out there. Once, once it starts getting out into families, one family gets it. Just say it's the same thing that happened with the S. The, the X will, one family in the neighborhood gets an X. All their friends see it and go, oh my goodness. You know, all their, all their X5 and Cayenne and Range Rover driving friends see it and go, oh my goodness, this thing's incredible. And, and it, it get, it's what? It's, it's 90 miles per gallon equivalent, except my gallons cost how much? And it seats my whole family, and it's the safest thing on the road. You'll see. It's, it's a year from now, it's going to be a very, very different story. And the S will continue to, to do great. And in a year from now, the Model 3 will have been revealed and will have a massive reservation list. I'll be on it. So, I just, you know, if you're, if you're reading all the 
sort of negative press about Tesla over the last week or two, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's We've seen it before. If you're a, te- a keen Tesla observer, you've seen this before. It's the same pattern repeating itself. And the result will end up being the same. The X will be an incredible vehicle that will sell very, very well. There'll be constant demand. It's going to be great. Now, on a happier note, I want to talk about a man named Casey Spencer. I love this guy. You may remember a few weeks ago, I talked about how Casey set the new world record for furthest distance traveled on a single charge in an electric vehicle. He took a model, he took his 85D uh, around a bunch of mostly flat areas, a little bit of downhill, and he made it 550 miles. In addition to just being a record, a Guinness World Record, it was an incredible feat of human endurance. Not to mention bladder control. He drove for like 26 hours straight. No stopping except the one time he got pulled over because he was doing 22 miles an hour and the cop was wondering what his deal was and he showed the car, the car to the police officer and the police officer let him go because he wasn't doing anything wrong. Well, this week, Casey did another awesome thing and I want to salute him for this. He took his Model S 85D the very same one he set the the furthest distance traveled on a single charge record with. He took his car to the track with with the express intent of getting a whole bunch of data on the performance of the 85D. What could it do on the track? Would it be sustainable or would state of charge really affect the car? He ran the car 28 times in a single day, basically from a full charge down to, I believe, Uh, At the end of his video, he had something like 31 miles of range left. So he ran the car 28 times. You can watch the video. The video might be a bit long if I were to politely critique any one thing. Because he shows you all 28 of his runs. And in the middle, it kind of loses a bit of steam. But then kind of comes, he switches to an interior view, puts some zero, and then he gets some zero to 60 times going. So 28 times in a day, you see, you see it go from afternoon all the way to nighttime. And he was consistently running 3.9 seconds, zero to 60 times. His best time, 3.75 seconds in one run to 60 miles an hour. And he was consistently beating most of the cars that lined up against him. And get this, he did this on 19 inch tires, 19 inch wheels. Uh, which, of course, benefited him in his uh, record-setting range accomplishment. But they actually, technically, they hurt him a little here. He probably could have gotten off the line a hair quicker with the stickier, grippier 21s. But uh, my favorite part of this, first of all, we learned that the unlike the P85s, the P85Ds, I should say, the, the 85D is not really does not suffer effects, uh, ill effects from state of charge. He was running, he slowed down ever so slightly, but it was, it was very, very, very steady for most of the state of charge with just this ever so slight downhill grade. If you look, if you look at his, uh, his line graphs that he posts in the video right at the end after all his runs. But my favorite part, possibly my favorite part of his video was the reaction by all these dad in the wool petrol heads at the track. 
These guys, there's an announcer, and there's, you know, there's a guy who's like, here comes the Tesla up against the Mustang. So, you know, there's a guy there, he's, he's doing his thing, he's entertaining the crowd. Uh, the announcer kept referring to the Tesla, he kept just derisively referring to it, just a subtle jab, as a golf cart. He kept calling it a golf cart, even as Casey was torching most of his challengers. Uh, then Casey's video has, he, it has audio from, he had somebody obviously shooting for him, a friend or family member shooting from the stands. His video has audio from a couple of onlookers during his first run. Uh, and it, it's, it's a not safe for work video because there's, there's some foul language in it from these guys. But, uh, the, these onlookers are like, hmm, what do you think this Tesla is going to do? You know, the announcer's like, here comes the all electric Tesla up against, uh, you know, twin turbo V8 gas powered America. But and the, uh, so these guys in the stands are like, what do you think this, what do you think this car is going to do? Uh, oh, you know, 8.6 seconds, which is, you know, the, the time to get down the, the eighth of a mile strip, you know, eight, six, the other guy's like, oh, eight, nine. And, and they're the, these guys. And then when, when Casey takes off, uh, the, these guys are shocked, pardon the pun, when the Tesla just starts dusting people, they just start cursing and they're like, holy F, <laughs> like what, what the, did you see that? Uh, and the other thing I noticed from watching this video, cause I've actually, I've never been to the track before because I, you know, I've, I've told you I have a Infinity G35 now, which is just bone stock. I'm not into the kind of the mod scene. It's, you know, I respect that it's not for me. So, you know, the, the track isn't really for me with that. And then before that I had a DeLorean, my, of course my old DeLorean I've talked about many times on the show. The DeLorean famously never had the performance to match its looks. It was always an underpowered car. So I never had any interest in taking the DeLorean to the track. So I've never been to the track and I didn't realize that there's this sort of, uh, this weird like wiener waving, this like wiener measuring contest that happens. I, like, I don't know if it's actually meant that way or if it sort of started that way and it's just sort of become this strange little tradition. But the, most of these guys, as they're coming up to the starting line, they like do a burnout, they do something loud, and they're like, mur -hur, mur -hur, I'm here. But, and then, you know, Casey in his Tesla, of course, he, you know, I mean, suppose he could do a burnout if he could, you know, if he, I, I, I think, is it you, the firmware doesn't allow you to turn the traction control off anymore, right? I, I believe I've read that. I think you used to be able to, but Tesla has patched that out. I don't think you can anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, these guys all sort of like peel out up to the starting grid and Casey just sort of, you know, very, just like a ninja, just stealth, just silently right up to the starting grid. And then you see, you know, yellow, 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 green. And he's just like, poof, silently gone and just blows away most of these guys. So, you know, talk about, that is the epitome. That is the 21st century version of speaking softly and carrying a big stick. Casey. Teddy Roosevelt would have been proud of you. Uh, I just think, Casey, I think you're fantastic. Here, and here's what I love about Casey. I love that he's out there having fun with his car and learning about it and sharing that knowledge about, you know, about the battery and the state of charge and what, you know, what's an 85D like. I, I love it. And he's, and he's sharing this and he's doing this, all of this in an enthusiastic and kind and respectful way. He's not out there you know, saying, oh, my Tesla's better than everything. He's not out there, 
getting in anybody's face. He's just, he's out there just having fun and he's, he's learning and he's sharing this knowledge about this, you know, the Tesla is new technology. So Casey, I think you're a wonderful representative for Tesla and the Tesla community. Keep doing what you're doing. And if you're ever in San Francisco, please drop me a line. I would love to meet up with you. I'd love to interview you for the show. And uh, the one other thing that that video made me want to do, again, I've never been to the track. I've just, again, as I said, I've never had the vehicle for it. But should I, should I be able to save up enough money to realize my dream of getting a signature Model 3 ludicrous, you know, all bells and whistles, including ludicrous or whatever the equivalent max performance version is. If I can get that car in whatever it's going to be, two, two years, two and a half, three years, whenever Tesla gets it out, it actually, Casey's video made me want to take it to the track. Not to, not for the competition, not to, you know, go up against anybody, but just because he made it look like fun to go up there, pull up to that starting line, see that light go green, and then just punch it. Just till you get to, you know, till you hit like 100 miles an hour uh, and then slow down. And it just looked like fun. So uh, it made me want to want to get my Model 3 Ludicrous and go do that. So uh, Casey, great stuff. I will try to remember to put a link to Casey's video in, uh, in the show notes so that you can go see it uh, if you have not seen it yet. Now, uh, you probably know by now I've got a new toll-free phone number for the show which you can call and leave a message anytime. The number is one 888 tesla spelled T-S-L-A. So that's one 888 No need to dial anything else once you connect. That's all you need. Or, or you, can, you can also dial that on Skype or just call the Skype username LifeOnRecord2, all put together, not separated. So let's take a few phone calls. Let me take a few calls here before we get into the news portion of the show. First up is Tracy from British Columbia. Go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Tracy calling from British Columbia, Canada. I uh, really enjoying your show. I've uh, been looking for one of these podcasts for a couple of years now and uh, come across yours, and I'm greatly enjoying it. Thank you very much. Um, I currently own two electric vehicles. I own a Volt. I've had it for a couple of years, and a Nissan Leaf for just over one year. Uh, I currently can't afford a Model S either. It's a bit out of my price range and looking for the Model 3. Um, looking forward to that. But I just want to encourage um, people who are listening to your podcast and stuff to uh, check out one of these other um, cars in the meantime until we can afford our Model 3s. But uh, the Nissan Leaf and the Volt are, are good choices too to, to spread the word and, and just get into it. But uh, looking forward to many more great podcasts. Thank you very much. Bye. So Tracy, not with a question, but with a, with a good message, nevertheless. He's, he, he's encouraging everybody to, to go try out an EV, even if, it, you know, if you can't afford a Tesla like me, like him. You know, go try out a Leaf. Go, go try a Volt, which of course is a plug-in hybrid. And you know, it, it's, it's a great message, Tracy, but you know, and of course, everyone's different. You know, it's, not as, it's not quite that simple. I mean, for me, while I, I appreciate that Nissan is making a legitimate EV effort with the Leaf, and they're, they're honestly, they're about the only traditional car company making a serious attempt. You know, BMW's kind of dipping its toe in, but, you know, Nissan's out there making cars and, you know, selling cars right now. For me, you know, the Leaf just doesn't have the range that I need to, to make it worth replacing either my car or my wife's car. And, you know, even if it, if it, if it did... 
I just don't get belief, and I, I don't, I don't want to get negative on the show. I mean, I, I want to be enthusiastic. I want to celebrate Tesla and electric vehicles. I don't want to turn it into a, you know, celebrate one and knock the other. I don't want it to be about that. But I do have to say that just whether I was interested, whether I loved or hated Tesla, to me, the Leaf is the single ugliest car on the road today. I, I don't understand it. Why Nissan? Those weird bug eyes sticking up on top and the strange pointy back end. I, I just don't get how, why is this, why did this car have to be so hideous? As for the Volt, it's a much more attractive option. To me, it's still, I, I, I think the, 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 the initial Volt concept was a nice looking car. And to me, this is my opinion only, obviously, I think the, by the time the Volt made it to production, it, to me it screams somebody in Chevrolet went, uh, yeah, this concept is nice, but the Prius sells like a million units a year with Toyota. Just kind of make it look more like that so that people look at it and they just think about that. And I, I you know, I think the Volt is sort of Prius-y and it's, it's not, it's better looking than the Prius, but it's still kind of, not super attractive to me. But the other part of it, just for me, in my specific case, again, everybody's got a different scenario. Uh, for me, it just makes more financial sense to ride out my current car, which is nine years old, uh, you know, it's decent mileage, and just save up as much as I can for the Model 3. But nevertheless, you know, if you're out there, maybe you're in a different situation, maybe you need a car now. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Leaf could be a fit for you if you're just a city driver, or maybe the Volt could be. I've got a friend of mine at work has a Volt that he's been extremely happy with, and he rarely puts gas in it. So, uh, good stuff from Tracy. Tracy, thank you for the call. Now, Quinn from Indiana, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, Quinn from Indiana. Uh, I just wanted to say up front that I love the show and wanted to thank you for all your time and effort that you put into it every week. Uh, my question is this. With Tesla's sort of uh, unheard of style of car sales, meaning that they don't have a typical showroom or a lot or anything like that, how viable do you think the Model S is now and in the future the Model X is a used car? Um, what are some things that you would recommend watching out for on the secondhand market? And what's the value of a Model S like uh, being a couple of years old here now? Um, is it maintaining where it was as new or is there a significant price advantage to buying used? Uh, thanks, and look forward to next week's podcast. You know, Quinn, my first car was a used car, but it was in the family. It was my grandfather's 1987 Nissan Pathfinder, um, which, yeah, gosh, I remember that would have been, what, 96 when I got my hands on it. My second car was also a used car, but that was because they didn't make them new anymore. That was the DeLorean. Since then, I've, I've personally had zero interest in buying a used car Mostly because uh, with a you know with a gas car, you just don't know how it's been cared for, what's been done to a to an ICE, or if the maintenance has been performed well. You know, I told you a couple weeks ago that I I found uh, this Ace mechanic to take care of. You know, I was, I'm done with the dealership. That I found this great mechanic to take care of my Infinity for the duration of the time I have it. And when I took it to him, he and he he spent some time with me, put it up on the lift, and was walking me through the car. And, he was finding all sorts of things that the Infinity Techs had just done lazily or wrong, like just freakishly over-tightened bolts. He, you know, there were there were things where he's like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get this off without 
stripping the whole thing. And so that's that's a big concern for me with buying a used car. I know you can, you know, if you go to a dealer, you can get a certified car, but even then, uh, you know, you don't, you don't know. But, uh, but with the Tesla, it's a different story, right? I mean, I, I, as someone who's not been a fan of used cars, I would absolutely trust a used Model S. I absolutely would trust it because it doesn't really matter if the car has been driven hard or babied. Uh, the mileage is a lot less relevant than on a used ICE. Uh, and basically, as long as the Tesla hasn't been range charged every single time, as long as they're not the person's not doing that, you're probably in good shape with the health of the battery. There are just so many fewer moving parts and things to worry about with a Tesla drivetrain that it's that a used Tesla, a used EV in general, is a much less risky proposition. So. You know, uh, if you're one of these people, now that now that Tesla has the uh, CPO program, that you know you can get a car in the in what 50s, 50s or 60s, I think, you know, it might make a lot of sense for you. If you're if you're you're just on the sort of on the cusp of being able to afford a Model S, it might be the way to go for you. So I yeah, if again, as I just got done saying from the last call, it, it, my situation. I've got a plan for my situation, but your situation is is different. So, uh, yeah, I would trust them. I would walk into a Tesla dealership and totally trust walking out of there with a with a CPO car. So, best of luck to you, Quinn, in whatever issue, whatever you end up deciding. Third and final call this week belongs to Michael, who wants to talk about superchargers. Michael, go ahead. Hello, Ryan. This is Michael Davis calling you. I'm at Cook Scorpion on Twitter. I'm just kind of curious. I was wondering, what do you think of uh, Tesla's uh, placement of the, the, the Tesla chargers uh, and what, what their ideas and where they put them? All right, thank you. Bye. You know, Michael, I've been watching the Model S since it arrived and, uh, and watching the supercharger network since the Model S arrived. That's what I meant. And the whole thing has been extremely strategic on Tesla's part. Really, out of necessity, if nothing else, because Tesla operates, you know, they're a very lean company. They don't have just billions of cash flow overhead the way that some other early car companies used to. But uh, they, of course, Tesla started with the superchargers on the coasts. They kind of got their one main cross country route done. And they've been working their way inland ever since. And at this point, you know, here we're at 2015, Model S has been out. For three, you know, the first signatures were starting to be delivered just about three years ago. Maybe not, maybe not quite. Were they October or November for those those for, or maybe even September? Anyway, yeah. So right about three years ago, and uh, not a lot of coverage gaps are left. If you haven't been to the Tesla site and go to it's teslamotors.com/supercharger, I highly encourage you to take a look at this supercharger map. It shows where the superchargers are now and where they plan to roll them out over the next couple of years. And just, you know, slide that meter, slide that supercharger map all the way, all the way to the right for where it's going to be. Look how glorious that it's going to be by the time the Model 3 releases. I mean, it is going to be something else. The, the problem won't be the locations and the, the placement of the superchargers. The potential problem could be the capacity, you know, each supercharger has somewhere between, I think, six and ten, typically, each supercharger station. So, 
the, the actual number of supercharger stalls, that's what's going to be more of the thing to watch out for. But that's a good problem for Tesla to have. If they've got the network in place and then just have to beef it up, that's uh, an enviable position to be in, whereas, of course, all their competitors are at square one. Good stuff from Michael. Thanks to everybody for their calls this week. Again, you can dial me anytime toll-free at 1-888-989-TSLA. That's 8752. Uh, Skype is the same number, or the Skype you can just call the Skype username Life on Record 2 all smashed together in one thing. And I remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake of some sort. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Be right back with the news. In Tesla news this week, first up, many have suspected, both due to the Model S's relative age, you know, now three years, and the arrival of the Model X, particularly with its deleted nose cone, that the Model S would get a refresh pretty soon. That apparently is not going to happen for a while. Quote, we don't have plans for retooling Model S at the moment according to Tesla communications manager Kobe Brooklyn in an email to Road & Track, who is, of course, a very reputable site. We can take their word for it that they got this email from Tesla. Now, my best guess at this point, with that quote in mind, is that they'll do the refresh either slightly before or slightly after the Model 3 launch. Uh, I would actually bet on before, too, to try and... to try, you know, rather than... Well, I don't know, I guess, we'll find out. But I think, I mean, honestly, and maybe you may think I'm crazy here, but I don't think it's a big deal because the X is a complementary vehicle. It's a complementary SUV to the S sedan. But once the three arrives, and here's the part where you might think I'm nuts, the, the S and the three will sort of be competing in a sense. I mean, they're obviously gonna be at very different price points, but they're sort of going to be competing, or at the very least, I think they'll, Tesla will do it then because they'll be looking to em, really embolden the S design in, or, pardon me, in order to differentiate it as the luxury class sedan in the Tesla family. So um, looks like we'll, the, the S will, will stay as is for, again, I, I think it'll probably be at least, I think it's going to be a couple of years. We might be looking at it for a little while, but I think it's aging great. I think the S still looks very nice, uh, still looks very modern, very sleek. You've got, obviously, a proven car, you know, great aerodynamics. So if you were maybe waiting a little while, you, maybe you're planning to buy an S, but thinking, eh, I think a refresh is coming right after the X, according to Tesla, that is not happening. So maybe put in your order. Next up, Model X will start at about $75,000 pre-incentives, according to Elon Musk. Quote from Elon, we'll have a more affordable version of the X out next year that will start at around $75,000 before incentives, about $65,000 after, he said at the Vanity Fair New Establishment Summit. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, but remember, 
that it sh that that uh, that should be this time next year, you know, i.e., next fall, per Elon's tweet that I talked about last week that he's since deleted about it being a 70D or something similar, being the you know the lower cost version. But uh, I'm sure Elon decided to make this statement in in response to all of that fud going around about the Model X being crazy expensive and it's too much money. Like, well, and he said all along, but. It's weird. Elon will say things very clear and direct. He he's not into corporate speak. He is not a corporate speak guy. He's not a media trained guy, who you know says things in the most slick you know lawyer approved asterisk way possible. He just says things, and yet some people in the media, those those fudders, they still just won't. <laughs> they refuse to hear him. It's like they've got their fingers in their ears going, la, 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 Model X expensive. That's my narrative, la, 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 la. But anyway, uh, so Elon laying down the, the law there. So 75K for that base model, Model X. Look for that in about a year from now. And Elon wasn't done being out on the town. At a Solar City event in New York City, he said that Model S orders have gone up since the Model X reveal. Quote, we were worried that maybe there would be some cannibalization of Model S orders, but people probably went to the website and saw there's a one year wait and ordered the Model S instead. Uh, you know, I strongly think that Tesla actually prefers this. I mean, sure they want the X to have a good launch, but a Model S sale is money in the bank today, and they still have a pretty big waiting list for the X. Plus, some of the more well-to-do folks who order an S rather than wait for the X may either end up trading in the S anyway once the production queue calms down for the X, or, as I've seen anecdotally on the, the uh, TMC forum, they might fall so in love with their S that they just end up keeping it and buy an X for their spouse or for another car in their family anyway. They might end up being a two Tesla household where they'd previously planned on being just a single Tesla car in the household. So uh, good to hear from Elon as always. And then on a related note, by the way, Tesla has sent out emails to all Model X reservation holders saying that they hope to have everyone configure their cars by the end of the year. This is despite the fact that the production queue is apparently up through like the first half of 2016. It would seem a little odd to configure your car six months in advance potentially, but uh, I, and also you kind of look at this and go, well, why? And the only thing I can think of, I'm no expert, but I would think it's probably so that they can batch the cars together, batch the orders together, and thus build them as efficiently and economically as possible. So in other words, all the ludicrous cars with black paint and black interiors, do all those in a group uh, as much as possible, and then the red ones with black interior, etc. Uh, so if I'm right, that also means that your reservation number might not be quite your literal place in line. You may end up getting your Model X sooner than you thought, or if you have an earlier reservation number in the production queue and you're just getting a, uh, you're doing, you know, maybe a, a 70D or the, the, the smaller battery, you could end up getting it later than you might have hoped. Finally this week, breaking news. I'm so glad I have managed to catch this. Literally while I was recording the show, I'm recording on Saturday, 
Uh, firmware 7.0 via a tweet from Elon. Elon tweets out that Firmware 7, which of course includes not only a UI update, but also the long, long-awaited autopilot. In fact, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah, it was October. It's been a year since autopilot was announced. So autopilot will release in firmware 7.0 that is being pushed out this Thursday, October 15th. So obviously quite a long wait for this. A lot of owners have been frustrated by it, but it's going to be very interesting to see uh, rather or hear the reports of this in action. Uh, I urge you, please call in or write in when you've tried it out. This is a call to all you Model S owners in the audience. I'll be very curious to see if this, you know, if you, if you like it, if you don't like it for some reason, if you're kind of indifferent to it. But I suspect, I suspect that next weekend there may be some impromptu Model S road trips. Maybe some Northern Californians going up to Tahoe. Maybe some Southern Californians heading out to Palm Springs or down to San Diego. Uh, I, I suspect some people will will find an excuse to get their car out on the highway, uh, out on the freeway, uh, this coming next weekend. So, good stuff from Elon. Good news there, finally. And that uh, that wraps it up for the news. We'll finish up here right after this. Before I go, I want to remind you to please follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And if it won't fit in 140 characters, you can always email me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're a video game player, check me out at my day job at IGN.com, where I'm involved in a whole bunch of stuff. I just reviewed Rock Band 4. If you are a fan of, uh, that's definitely a more mass appealing game. Maybe some of you out there were Rock Band fans in the past. Well, it's back for the new consoles, the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. Check out my review of that. Anything else I may be up to over there, including my other podcast, my uh, Xbox show, Podcast Unlocked. Also, please visit nerdstyles.com for video game and geek-inspired t-shirts. That uh, That is a site launched by me. Uh, that's my own little fun little side projects with some fun t-shirt designs I've had kicking around in my head for a while and was finally able to get them made and uh, would love your support to uh, maybe grab a shirt with the holidays coming up, see if there's one there you like. There are like 10 designs, so maybe one of them will be to your liking. Also, be sure to subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter at teslaweekly.com. And that about wraps it up for episode 11. Uh, Turned out, well, there you go. At the last minute, it turned out to be a bit, bit of a busier week than I expected it would be. So looking forward to your phone calls, your emails, your tweets with Autopilot coming out this week, uh, with uh, whatever else is on your mind in the world of Tesla. And I wanna thank all of you for listening. Most of you get the show on iTunes where you can just, if you just type in Tesla, I'll be the first podcast that comes up. Or, uh, well, let's see, where else? Teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. There's an RSS feed there if you're not an iTunes person. And that'll do it. Thanks, everybody, and I'll see you next week for episode 12.